we got another one in uh, this month. No, no it's the next didn't. month. No, it's not November anymore. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, this is... I. It's been a long time since we've introed the show. Like, we usually we just end up talking in, at the beginning. We don't actually say, like, this is still in beta. And is that is... still the name of the show? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes? Okay. I haven't called it anything else. All right. And that's still, like, the little, I have a little image... Uh, that I post with the files on the podcast thing, and that still says that. So it's still what it called. it's called. Okay, obviously we haven't branded the show very well, because I didn't know that that was still what it was called. What did you think it was called? I thought it was Game Queens. No, that's the website that doesn't exist yet. Okay. Yeah. It does exist in that there's an HTML page at that URL, but... It's not. Is it just like a big construction cone? Uh-huh. It's okay. just a, a lot of spinning GIFs and on-fire GIFs and Bill Gates morphing into a devil Bill Gates. Uh-huh. Is that really on there? No. Oh. None of that stuff that I've mentioned is on there. There is the Game Tweens logo, and it says coming soon. Okay. Loosely, with a loose definition of soon. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so this is this is this is still in beta. <laughs> I'm Jesse. I'm William. Yeah, and we make video games, and we talk about video games, and uh, Batman a lot, inadvertently. Everything comes back to Batman. I think that's all discussions can. That's the uh, be about Batman. It's like a, a Batman black hole that everything kind of gets sucked into. <laughs> Like, every topic kind of leads to Batman. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess we sh- should we start by talking about games we've played? I mean, you can if you want. I found out, I saw this morning, uh, that a uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure comic book is starting again. And I say again because apparently there was a Bill and Ted comic book series back when, like, the first movie came out. Back in, like, 90, I guess, yeah, around the 1990s. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. But they're making another comic book about the movie. There's surprisingly a lot of things that are or were or comic books or were originally comic books or were simultaneously comic books, like... Apparently, there's lots and lots of lore for Transformers that only exists in comic book form. Yeah, yeah, and... like a surprising amount. Like if you're, if you were just a fan of the the cartoon, and you maybe watched the movie or maybe not, and you'll find out that there's like a bunch of just stuff that exists in the comic book that. Yeah. Right, and there's been like a dozen cartoon series, and so there's this like. Cartoon series lore and comic book lore and all this other stuff and video games and movies and people ignore the movie lore because that one is a bullshit that nobody cares about. Well, yeah, the Michael Bay stuff, yeah. Explosions in China, that's all anybody cares what that one's about now. So. What? The, the fourth movie was the reason that it is the, and it's sad, but it is the most money-making movie of all time 
is the fourth Transformer movie. But I think a majority of that is because half of the movie was set in China. And so it was really big in China. Oh, okay. And so, yeah, if you can get big in China, if you can get, like, half the people in China to watch your thing, you have 500 million people watching your thing. Right, and and not just wearing the t-shirt that says, I'm being in China. What? You don't get it? No, I don't get it. Okay. We'll think about it later. <laughs> <laughs> Ever heard that joke, huh? Is that because they're short? Is that a short Chinese people joke? I guess. Sure. <laughs> Great. Now you're making me the racist. Because <laughs> I'm having to come to these conclusions. And I'm just like, I don't know. I don't know what this shirt means anymore. Well played. Uh-huh. <laughs> so yeah, uh, Bill and Ted comic book. And... Bill looks a lot like Egon from the cartoon Ghostbusters show. I don't know why that is, but like he's got the same hair. Maybe it was the same guy that did the like Ghostbusters comic book, which I'm sure there is also. I'm sure there is. <clears throat> and it was just the same artist, and he can only draw one hairstyle. For blonde people. <laughs> yes. We need blonde curly hair. Okay, here's this weird tube, and there's also like a... Uh, <laughs> like a, a ponytail, like a, like a tail on the back of the neck. He also did the Ruby Rod yeah. hair, hairstyle for the, the Fifth Element art. comic book. The concept art for <laughs> the, Ruby Rod. No, for the Fifth Element comic book. That was before the Fifth Element? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but that is what Egon's hair would look like if he were in real life. Would look like that weird like tube. Yeah. That Ruby Redhead. I think he, he was a big fan of the Snorks, and that was why he had that haircut. Ruby Rod or Egon? Uh, Ruby Rod. Oh, okay. He was the fan of the Snorks, because there's nobody else who liked that show. <laughs> it was like the underwater Snurfs. Snurfs? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I think I got Snarf and Smurf confused. But yeah. Yeah, it's just the, the underwater Smurfs. Uh-huh. And that's true because instead of saying smurfing, they, they said would say snorking. snorking. Yeah, snork the snorking job. Yeah, snork it right in the snork. <laughs> Not in the snork. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be crude. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Yes. Uh. Yeah. That's. Um, so yeah, uh, I, I don't know much about what the comic book has in it, except that the the image that is on the internet is Bill and Ted in front of the phone booth, and behind it are enlarged images of, I think, Cleopatra, uh, definitely Abe Lincoln, and Station. <laughs> so, yeah. So it's got Station, which means that they are taking... Bill and Ted's bogus journey as as canon, because I think you have to. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other thing that was mentioned in the article was that the the previous comic ran alongside the release of I think the second movie. So I'm hoping what this means is that this indicates that there a actually release. will be a third yeah. Bill and Ted movie. Yeah. So I've I've heard about that. Yeah, and like the only person who talks about it is Alex Winter. 
But of course that's the case. Because <laughs> that's all he has. <laughs> he talks about it while he's at his job at the managing the gap. <laughs> Whatever terrible job is I assume he has now, but yeah. yes. It's got benefits. It's true. Uh yeah. Because it's pretty much that and the Lost Boys, and that's the only things I know that Alex Winter was actually an actor in. Mm-hmm. Outside of maybe doing bits where he was just playing Alex Winter. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. Like that clip from Nickelodeon where he was Alex Winter. <laughs> right. Yeah. That episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? <laughs> Is he really on that show? No. Uh, <laughs> but but you'd believe it, right? Or he or he would like showed up as a guest on What Would You Do, or something. Or uh, he was on that. Uh, panel show that was kind of like Password, not Password, um, um, what's my line? Is that the one? Where you've got the people, the uh, not quite famous actors who are trying to guess what the occupation or special talent of the person is. Oh, right, yes. Yeah, because there was a Nickelodeon version of that, uh, and I could see him being the uh, person who's being guessed Right, I remember that. It was like they'd have, but it was like all kids. They'd have some kid on there who, like, rescued a homeless man while selling Girl Scout cookies or something. Yeah. Yes. What you're talking about? Yeah. Or, um, yeah, like like a kid who invented some, you know, something. I can't even think of a thing that a kid would invent. <laughs> but yeah, uh, like that. That would be the thing. Like this kid did some amazing thing. Uh, and so they have to guess, you know, they each get like one guess and they go down the line and I think they have a limited number of guesses as well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Right. And then the kids won like British Knights. Or, uh... <laughs> I was about to say some BK shoes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they won BK shoes or a huffy bike or whatever. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, and if they if they if they didn't get it, then of course they'd go to space camp because that was right. always the ultimate prize. I think that was the top prize on like Double Dare and stuff too, right? Yeah, space camp was like the prize for everything. Yeah, yeah. I know I wanted to go to space camp. <clears throat> right, and especially after you see the movie Space Camp, then that's all you want to do is go to space camp. I never watched that movie. Did Did you watch that movie? think so i remember like the ideas behind it the ideas being a kid goes to space camp and then goes to space i'm pretty sure it was like they like he accidentally goes to real space yeah oh i think so yeah that sounds like a kid plot there there was that there was (laughs) there's like a period of time where it was, uh, the movies, kids' movies were kids end up doing grown-up things. <laughs> How is that not all kids' movies? I, I, but I mean, like, just, like, jobs. Just, like, grown-up people jobs, right? <laughs> like, child accounting firm? Something little, like that. Little account, little uh, little little uh, uh, CPA or something like that. Yeah. Or or surgeon baby. Yeah. <laughs> He's got such tiny hands. He does such <laughs> intricate work. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Who left the pacifier inside of Mr. Simmons? Surgeon Baby. Right, there was like uh, the one rookie of the year where the kid broke his arm, and uh, like movie science happens, it made him like the world's fastest pitcher. Uh-huh. Although I think he only pitched as fast as like an actual baseball pitcher would pitch. Like you, know, but when I say actual baseball pitcher, I mean like one of the ones that's hopped up on steroids, like that kind of pitcher. Okay. So it was like, oh, this kid can pitch. 90 miles an hour or something like that, which I don't think is fast for a regular pitcher, but he only pitched fastballs also. Right. So you think he'd be extremely predictable. Okay, so also Spy Kids? No, not Spy Kids. No. All right, fine. The Children Who Are Spies is not in, is not in this, this qualifier. It's not a children doing adult jobs thing. Yeah, well, because that's like... The way that they do, that's not even, like, a real, I don't know. Maybe I'm only thinking of, like, things that I think would be really boring. Like, there was that other one um, where the kid ends up running a Major League Baseball team. Okay, so far all of these are just kids involved in Major League Baseball. Uh, there was... Because you could also just lump angels in the outfield into this, where it's kids and Major League Baseball again. That's... I don't remember what the kid's involvement with Major League Baseball was. I thought he would just... He just talked to the Christopher Lloyd angel uh, and, and got the angels to, to like make the actual angels team good through supernatural powers. No, it was like he prayed that his... Uh, oh, I remember what it was. He prayed that the angels would do well because his dad said he would come back. His like deadbeat dad said he would come back to the family whenever the angels won a pennant. And so he prayed and oh, had his no. prayers answered <laughs> as a result of that. <laughs> oh, well, something unlikely happened. I guess I'll be a good dad now. <laughs> right, yes. It's actually like a terrible plot, if you ask me, but yes. That was what that one was about. But it was clearly a Disney movie, right? Because didn't they own the... Angels? The Angels? I don't know. Oh. They own the Mighty Ducks, though, right? I assume, yes, they're from Anaheim, and was create the team was created after the movie. Right. <clears throat> uh, uh, well, I had another example. <laughs> Other than the two baseball ones? Uh-huh. Wasn't there one where the kid becomes, like, a CEO or something? Probably. I might just be thinking of, like, blank check or something where he just... <laughs> a kid just got money. A kid just... Yeah, a kid writes a check that, for some reason, doesn't bounce for, like... Doesn't he go for, like, a million dollars or something? Yes, he writes a million dollars in a check because, like, some bank robber who... Or embezzler or something... Like, runs over his bicycle. And right, like, and gives him a blank check... And he puts a million dollars on the check, and it clears. Mm -hmm. A child turning in a check for a million dollars clears. And I think the reason that the guy had the money 
was because he obtained it illegally somehow and then put it into a bank account that he gave a check to a child for. And it was like he it was like something where he was on the run, like he ran like he robbed a bank or something ridiculous. Yeah. I feel like he'd have to have like stolen that from the mob or something, right? I don't know, but the idea that like somebody who's on the run and has all of the all of the money he stole in a bank account that's not frozen <laughs> yeah is is just absurd to start. Uh, much less the fact that a child can go take a check for a million dollars and then cash. Right, take a check that like everything written looks like an adult wrote it and then except for the child's 1 million dollar yeah. sign in the middle. Right. <laughs> And the person at the bank wasn't like, hey, did your dad give you this for pizza? And then you write a million dollars in it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But all of them involve like completely implausible, you know, situations, you know, that break the laws of medical science or things <laughs> that humans would do. <laughs> I was about to say human logic. Yes. <laughs> things. Uh, Yeah. I don't know what kids' movies are like these days. Um. Oh, they're just a bunch of, like, garbage 3D movies. That's what they are. <laughs> right, I was about to say, aren't they all just about, like, 3D animals dancing? To, yes. Like, pop culture songs? Yes. That's exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> You probably saw the same Penguins of Madagascar trailer that I did. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's the reaction for that. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, those things have to be, like, really cheap. Right? Uh, I don't know. I mean, the... I, yeah, I just mean, like, not expensive to make. Maybe? I don't know. It's, 3D is kind of expensive still, so... I mean, I suppose a lot of the concept and character modeling is already done because they're using the same penguins from the last, like, ten movies. Yeah. Or whatever, but... I just don't know how they think... Like, churning those things out is... I don't know how those are profitable. <laughs> I don't know. Which is like, like, horror movies are really cheap. Like, that's why they can just keep... That's why there's, like, eight Saw movies. Right? So, that's what makes sense to me, is, like, if the production of it's super cheap, then having anybody see it in the theater recoups that cost or gives you a profit. Yeah, I suppose. Um, I know there's a lot of... Well, like, with the 3D effects industry and all that stuff, there's a lot of... There's been a lot of controversy over around it recently because um, it is a lot cheaper to... They, like, export cheap overseas labor yeah. for that kind of stuff. And what's funny is it's not, like, India or China or something. Cheap overseas labor is, like... Canada and the UK. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, the, the cheap labor happens to be in Vancouver. Right, but... That's also why they do a lot of filming up there as well. 
Right, but it's not, and it's not necessarily cheap because it's cheap to pay those employees. Like they earn theoretically about as much as American employees do for that kind of work, but it's more that the government pays for basically half of it. Yeah, they get a lot of a lot of uh, subsidies. Subsidies, yeah. And uh, so, like they they say, like the company says, it's going to cost this much, and then the studio only has to pay a portion of that. Right. Yeah, that kind of stuff's ridiculous. I tried keeping up with that because of all of the like rhythm and hues stuff and like the, them going bankrupt and knowing somebody who's in visual effects who did work for Digital Domain, I think he might still, but it like in hearing how much like he ended up having to move up to Vancouver. Uh, but even still, they like just work them like dogs you know, absurd schedules and stuff that the studios try to put them under and they still are like, this is unreasonable. Why does it take so long? And why is it so expensive? And it's like, well, because you're making the whole movie with CG stuff. Right. And it's like, the more you look at like the making of movies, like, like if you look at like any superhero movie that's been made in the last like five years, they're basically spending like six months just acting in front of green screens <laughs> wearing like half a costume. Yeah, whenever I saw like some of the behind the scenes for Iron Man where it's he's got a portion of an Iron Man helmet to remind you that he's Iron Man and then the rest of it is just like mocap suit on a green screen. It's like this is absurd. Right. And then there's some movies where half the cast is just Andy Circus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Planet of the Apes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that stuff's crazy. Like, on the one hand, I'm, like, super impressed that they can do that. But on the other hand, I'm like, what is filmmaking anymore? You know? Which is one of the reasons I like, if you watch the behind-the-scenes stuff for the uh, uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman movies, and you see how hard Christopher Nolan pushed against doing anything CG like that stuff's nuts like the so in the third one when they have I th- no the second one Dark Knight whenever they do that whole like uh, extraction bit in China and they have uh, they want to they have uh, basically a line attached to that uh, Batman and the Chinese accountant and they yank him out of the building they wanted to do that with a helicopter and a line yanking them out of the building. Nice. <laughs> There's going to be two stuntmen. And they have footage of, like, the practice stuff they were doing in L.A. where they have a dude dangling hundreds of feet on a line being carried by a helicopter. And I'm like, holy crap. And they were like, yeah, we were real close to doing that. But China wouldn't let us. <laughs> <laughs> so we had to do it in CG. Because we, we couldn't get the Chinese government to let us, like, dangle a guy hundreds of feet in the air. Right. And I'm like, holy cow, that's awesome. Uh, and, like, all of the stuff uh, in the first movie where uh, it's like a Bruce is, or like Christian Bale and uh, Liam Neeson are sliding down a hill, uh, like, after the whole place explodes and they're, like, sliding down the hill and they do that thing where he, like, 
like arm like arm blade like grabs into the ice and is like holding Liam Neeson like with the, the other arm and like dangling off the edge of the cliff. Real stunt. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's like those two guys and the cameraman. And the cameraman with this gigantic <laughs> expensive camera sliding down the side of a cliff where there's like yeah, there's like safety stuff below like where the camera is, but it's like you're still on the side of a cliff sliding down <laughs> on the snow. <laughs> yeah. You know, like that kind of filmmaking. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's nuts. And like, they kept the same stuntmen and like through each film because those guys are crazy and they'll do that kind of stuff. But so many of those effects were practical. So many of those sets were like real sets that they built, like the entire, um, uh, like, uh, barons or narrows or whatever they call that where the the fear gas gets out and all the crazy people are running around like they built that set in an airplane hangar or not an airplane hangar it was like a blimp hangar mm-hmm. a zeppelin hangar yeah they, okay. they built it in a blimp hangar and like right next to that was their was their uh set for the bat cave and it's like all real sets it's all real like things that are being filmed. <laughs> so if it's still around, there's an actual bat cave that you could go walk around right. in. Right. If that set still exists, there's a real bat cave that you could go in. <laughs> and yes. it has like all of the water and lighting and everything set up. Yes. I wonder if they could keep it like a Hobbiton kind of thing. Oh, man. Yeah, <laughs> that would be pretty awesome. If you just yeah. visit that, that, that like blimp hangar and like walk into the bat cave. Yeah, that would be amazing. Or if they could just take that take that set and set it up at like a theme park or something, like that would be crazy. Yeah, except that then it would totally suck because there'd be all these like safety rails everywhere that, and there'd be like thousands of people going through it at the same time, and you'd yeah. have to dodge like child's pee and weird caramel apple things that are dropped everywhere. Yeah, it would and be, like it would not be as good on on the on the like elevator or you know the. Or whatever they had for the underground railroad, or whatever they said, there'd just be like all kinds of gum on the bottom of it. Right. Every every team would stick their gum under it, or try to like write, you know, uh, Dave was here or something. Yeah. Or I love, I love April or whatever. Yeah. Something like that. <clears throat> and then you have, but but yeah, and then you have like movies like. The Transformers movie where half of it was filmed in China, but I don't even think any of the actors were in China. Right. <laughs> For all of that. Yeah. They could have probably just spent six hours flying a drone around like to film the locations of scenes and then been done, and then the rest was all done entirely with CG. Right. Yeah, it's like the Avengers movie... Um... They have all those shots of New York, right? Everything's taking place in New York. Not real New York. Like, almost none of those shots are real New York because it's all green screen stuff. And it's, I mean, that's another thing. It's just, uh, back to that, it's it's just astounding that they have this, you know, digital replica of the streets of New York and they can fly, you know, this uh, this virtual camera through the whole thing, and it looks like photorealistic New York City with traffic simulations and stuff. But at the same time, it's kind of like, oh man, you know, 
I but there is, there is definitely some cool stuff. Like the the fact that we can get that kind of technology right now makes me very hopeful for like games in the future. Oh yeah. Whenever we can render that kind of stuff real time. Oh oh man. Okay, I I post on Facebook a thirty minute gameplay video. Not even a gameplay video, really. It's it was like thirty minutes with the guy making No Man's Sky. Not the guy, but like the guy who actually does all the public speaking and stuff for them. And it is nuts. Like, he talks about how... So everything in there is um, procedural, right? And what I mean by procedural is there's no stored models for any of the uh, terrain or environment art or anything like that. It's all uh, math functions. And he's British, so he calls them maths. Um, <laughs> and, 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 and so everything that is on screen is rebuilt in real time as you approach different levels of detail. So everything in the game is just stored as math functions. And as you encounter it, it is, it is created in front of you. Not that it doesn't, like, so it's not like you'll get something different every time you like back up and go forward, because it's a formula and it has the same like, you know, like X is always four or whatever, you know. So, but the idea behind it is that you're spending a lot less time loading textures and loading models and loading files and a lot more time just processing data. Is that, is that kind of the concept? Yeah, yeah. It just runs all of the calculations for how to do how to make all of those things look like they do, and and all and he was even showing the uh, like the ships and creatures and stuff because one of the questions people had like seeing the demo videos is like, well, okay, they show like a giant four like a dinosaur and they show a giant snake and they show a spaceship, but really. You know, how much variance can they have in all of that stuff? Because you have to deal with models and you have to deal with rigs and animations and things. And so, like, what really is the variability you can have? And the answer is quite a bit, apparently, because they input some, like, baseline animations and, and models and stuff. But it, it's not even polyg polygonal models. Is it the voxels or it's yeah it's voxels and so they import import stuff from uh, uh, ZBrush uh, or British again ZBrush. Uh, <laughs> Did he really call it ZBrush? Yes, he calls it ZBrush. <laughs> and he says like he says you know you plot stuff on the X Y Z and I'm just like oh my gosh they actually say Z over there. Yeah, <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, so they import these uh, these ZBrush models, and uh, they can just like distort them, and like replicate things. So like horns and stuff, and like have all these different attachments and stuff. And um, he shows there's there's like a variation generator. They just like hit a button, and it shows this like swatch of creatures based off of this one kind of creature, and you can select from any of them, and it's all different colors and uh patterns and like the you know the head shapes are different the, the and, but and the one thing that it kind of has in common is that like at certain sizes these creatures kind of move the same way but they look very different 
Uh, and so like a fish of a certain size will be, will have this kind of fish looking animation. And then as the creature scales up, the animations change so it becomes more lumbering and that kind of that kind of deal. So it's it's pretty it's pretty cool to see kind of what they've done. And like the ease with which he's like moving around this planet and then he's just like, oh let me just go out to space and he just hits this button and goes like he's flying around with like a dev camera. And so he holds down like L2 and and moves backwards and it's just like now and I'm now I can see like the whole planet from here and then I can go like <laughs> now I'm looking at a rock and it's just like that fast and that seamless because it's all just like because it's, it's just loading processing math it's not loading a bunch of yeah it doesn't have to stuff. load anything he's like yeah so there's basically zero load time that is awesome and uh, but, but also it would set my current computer on fire if it tried to run it I don't even know how intensive the processing is. Like, I don't, I don't know exactly everything about yeah. this. But, yeah, and he actually, like, dips into how the different tools and stuff operate. And he's like, yeah, so we, you know, we use all of these different noise-based functions to get randomization in the planets and things. And he's like, you could just input a very simple function like a sine wave. And then he does that. Then, they, like, they cut to... A planet with like a sine wave as one of the like terrain distortion distortion things. So you just see all of these like humps. Yeah, just these like very regular humps in the terrain, and it's like, wow! Like he just changed some of the variables in in the the formula to make it this like very uniform planet in the demo, like that he's showing people live. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. So on the idea of like like the super realistic looking magic future games, um, there was one I was looking at. Uh, have you heard of Black Desert Online? Yes, that yes. game <laughs> looks crazy. Yes, the uh, I just just I just saw the video recently of the character creator for it, it was like ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. There's so much detail you can put into the stuff. And the video that I saw, uh, I thought I thought some of the, like, I thought the majority of the female faces looked basically the same. They looked like the same kind of pretty Asian female face. Right. Well, when I was looking at it, though, I thought there were basically, like, four characters. When I was looking at the... At the character creator, there were like four characters, and then you could alter their hair and their expression and the details on them to make them look different. But the like base model seemed to be pretty much the same. Yeah. Well, I think I got a little confused because there's so there's like they showed like a female character, and they they showed a female character that looked a little more American because uh, it is a Korean company. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they showed a male character that looked kind of like like a kind of like an anime man character, <laughs> an anime man. So like the fancy man or the uh no more like a like less um, less Titus, more um, Spike Spiegel kind of man character. Okay, but not like Raiden. Right. Right. 
more snake, less right. Uh, and uh, so there was that kind of head, but then there was also this like a monstroso sort of like big, big beefy guy. Yeah, like Hulk face uh, guy. So I thought at first that that was starting from the same baseline, and that you could just make a horrible monster out of this pretty man. <laughs> Uh-huh. But I, I don't think that's true. I think it's a different race. Right, that's what I was saying. I think they're like, I don't know if it's race or class or whatever, but yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of what I got, because there's kind of like the elf-looking female, and then there's more like a human-looking female Yeah. as the other two. And it seemed <clears> like there was just three, there was like the sword fighter, the archer, the mage, and then the big brutish dude. Yeah. So I guess what I'm hoping for is that I can take anyone and turn them into a monster. <laughs> As you tend to do, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what what was it? Was it the uh, the PlayStation Home? Yeah, PlayStation that, Home. That was the one where you made the like hideous skinny face. Yeah, I kind of made her look like the alien from Close Encounters, the one that comes out and is just like a lanky freak show. Because <laughs> she had no hair, the biggest eyes I could make, and then just like a sunken a sunken in face, so much that like the mouth was clipping through the cheeks. And, uh, yeah, I made her as skinny and as tall as possible. <laughs> and I walked around, and it was funny to see people's reaction, because this was a female character, but didn't look feminine at all. And people were like, do you have cancer? Like, what is... <laughs> <laughs> yes, in real life, I look like this, because I tried to make this character look as much like me as possible. Mm-hmm. That's how avatars work. Yeah. You're supposed to make them look like you. That's why everybody here has the same default man with the same starting sweater. Like, <laughs> like, yeah. Did you did you was your response that did all of you go to the same sweater store? <laughs> do you all own the same sweater in real life? Why do you all look the same? Yeah. It's funny to see how little variance people will do in a character creator. I don't know if it's because of a uh, they don't want to spend the time. Yeah, such it's a, completely because they don't want to spend the time in some stupid thing, especially PlayStation Home, where it's like none of this is worth anything. This is like <laughs> such a dumb idea. Does that first of all, one does PlayStation Home still exist? No. Okay, that was my first question. But then, like, also, did anybody use it after that first week that it was installed on your on your machine without your consent? I think so. I think some people did use it. I don't know what for. I imagine it was for um, illicit reasons. Like <laughs> like there was some way that they would trade porn movies through it or something? Yeah, yeah. Or they would go on there to to uh, talk about disgusting things. Like they would find some kind of horrible... <laughs> like, nobody monitors this, so we're going to talk about, like, I don't know, uh, how to... have sex with toasters or something. And it's just like, okay, that's what they're into. Filthy, filthy chat room. Yeah, yeah, it just turns into some kind of filthy chat room. Okay. That's my, that's what I imagine happened. And they actually shut it down later than I would have imagined. So it ran for a few years. Oh. Yeah. I think it was a few months uh, before the actual, like, release of the PS4 that they actually shut it down. Wow, that's a lot longer than I thought it was. Yeah, I, I I figured you were going to say, like, right around the time that there was, like, the massive PlayStation hack was when they turned it off or something. No, no, it was still going on. It was still going after, after that. that? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. 
So I don't know what people were doing in there. I don't want to know. No, you definitely don't want to know. Yeah. Uh, but it was, there's, there's, there was, there's absolutely no way that it was anywhere, anyway good. <laughs> Whatever was going on is not something that you want to know more about. Yeah. Because even while I was in there briefly, it was like mostly people walking up to, like the, the male avatars walking up to the female avatars, saying hello, dancing, asking if they want to have sex. Great. And I'm like... Just like real life. Right. That's, I mean, that's pretty much how I expect bars work in real life. Well, except for the dancing part. <laughs> right. You can't, you can't drink alcohol in PlayStation Home, so... Um, <laughs> replace that with, with taking a shot, I suppose. <laughs> I don't go to bars, I don't know. Um, so, yeah, I guess we could talk about video games that we have played recently. I've played quite a few, to be honest. You keep bragging about that, but I think you've only mentioned one. One what? That I played recently? Yeah. What, what, what else have you... So, so I, uh, over Thanksgiving, I beat Shadow of Mordor, um, which was disappointing in a couple of ways. The game as a whole... Very fun. Very good. Um, but the ending is rough. There's not even a final... I mean, there's a couple of things that they kind of present as a final battle of sorts, but they're very short and kind of weak sauce because I've had, I had fights with some of the war chiefs during my, like, slow takeover of the whole, like, nemesis system that were way more intense than these final battles. Well, but that happens with a lot of games. Particularly games that have any kind of, like, upgrade or advancement system to them, and also a side quest system to them. I suppose, but I think you have to get these war chiefs as part of the mainline quest. Mm-hmm. Uh... But yeah, they seemed harder than, or the situation seemed harder than the situations you're presented with at the end game. Hmm. Like I, there was one, there was one guy that I was fighting, and in order to uh, uh, prompt him to come out of hiding, you have to signal an alarm in a stronghold, which basically means like a near, never-ending flood of enemies in your location, and. Uh, then you have to defeat 35 people, which in itself, pretty easy. Um, like once you understand the combat system. But then after that, you have to fight this guy. And I had converted three of his bodyguards. He had three bodyguards. I converted them all to my cause. So they, like I could basically like Did activate. you just hand out flyers or something? How does that happen? <laughs> yeah, uh, pretty much. Um yeah, the the you 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 get like a ghost mind control kind of thing in the game, and so you can ghost mind control them. Um, oh, okay. So they were possessed by ghosts. Possessed by my ghost. You're half ghost in this game. Did I mention that? I think so. Um. <laughs> so yeah, your you, what part of your ghost powers is mind control, uh, and so you I ghost mind controlled all of his bodyguards. So I'm there. 
and I'm fighting this horde of horde of uh, Urukai, and there's these th the guy shows up with his posse, and I'm like, great, they're here. Um, all right, get to it, bodyguards, and I activate the bodyguards, and like I'm having a hard time like trying to just fight through this chaff of just like meat shields that are all around me. They don't have a lot of a whole lot of just like area control abilities. Although I did get them get one later that would have really been beneficial because it would have let me like just eat through a big chunk of the people that was surrounding me very fast. Um, well, so maybe you just did this in the wrong order. I just uh, I, I I got this ability. It's actually a twofold ability because there's a one there's one ability that you get that's um, that does like an AOE around you sort of knockdown kind of disorient thing. And then there's another ability that you get that is an AOE, uh, like insta kill set on fire thing <laughs> well, for, for anybody that is currently like downed or disoriented. So you just like go like boom, disorient, boom, set them on fire. And that like eats through crowds of people. Um, so I just didn't have that combo yet, but, uh, anyway, so that was a really hard encounter. Like that was a very difficult thing. And I actually died while trying to kill that war chief, which was pretty rare for me. Um, but yeah, the end game stuff by comparison was super easy and there's not even a final boss. There's a quick time event. Which that blew my mind. I was like, this is the final thing? Is a QTE, like a three-step quick time event? <laughs> so, and then they set it up, they set it up for a sequel, which is like, how does it even have a sequel? Uh... Because it's supposed to be between, like, The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. Like, this isn't... Like, how much time is there between those two? <laughs> anyway. Isn't it, like, years? There's years between those two movies. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Because in The Hobbit, like, Bilbo's pretty young. He's and... a young man, and then he's 100 of freaking 11 in the... Yeah. Yeah, in right. It just doesn't seem that <laughs> long, because, like, Gandalf is the same age, because he's a freaking wizard and... And Bilbo has the ring that is, gives him partial immortality. Right. The people who look the same age in The Hobbit versus in the first Lord of the Rings movie are the two people that are immortal. Right. And all the elves who are also immortal. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. The two, yeah. yeah I, okay, fine. There's like four people because there's, there's Gandalf and then there's Elrond, Elrond and Legolas. Yeah. And that other, that crazy chick. Uh, yeah. Elf Queen Lady. Elf Queen Lady. Galadriel? Galadriel. Galadriel? Yeah. I don't know. There's too many syllables in elf names. <laughs> I can't have any easy names, like Gimli. <laughs> or Sam. Yeah, Sam. <laughs> there. Uh, Done. Uh, yeah. They just have more time to understand their language. That's the thing. So yeah, I beat that. Uh, and that was good. I, and then I moved. I I got um, I got Diablo three for the PS four because they had it on sale, Black Friday sale for thirty bucks. So I got that, 
And as much as you say you don't like that game, it's really fun on the PS4 because it's uh, X-Men Legends, essentially. Mm. Well, so again, there are a couple of things. One, I played the game when it first came out. uh, And I played through the entire game on the first difficulty and never got a single, like, good piece, like, cool piece of loot that dropped the entire time I played that game. I got a couple of rares, and then I got no set items, no unique items, and compare that to when I played Diablo 2 the first time through, you would get, like, a, you would get, like, probably a, enough sets to at least get a set bonus the first time you played through of, like, one type and a unique or two, just playing through the first difficulty, you know, with the character. And when I played through it that time, I got nothing. Everything was just this garbage equipment that I didn't care about. Mm. Like, you're still getting broken piece of crap items that, like, have reduced stats on them when you're playing through at, like, the last levels in that game. Uh, So I don't know much about the Diablo loot pool system. Um, I never ran into a broken item. I found very few white items. Most of the drops are blue. And I found in the shop, in a couple of drops, yellow? I don't know what yellow means. Yellow is the rare items, which have like two or three abilities on them, right? Yeah, so they seemed pretty cool. They were definitely better than the blue things I was finding. And this is in the first hour of the game. Yeah, see, that's totally different. It was, like, such fucking bullshit. Because I was not I was not a loot grinder because fuck that, and I was not going to go onto the auction house and spend money or do whatever stupid shit that they wanted me to do with that game. I just wanted to play it by myself, which the other thing was I had to be on the internet to play a single-player game, which pissed me off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was like when I lived in an apartment where I didn't have a very good internet connection. And so sometimes I just couldn't even, like... I would get I would die from lag death in a single-player game, which is fucking retarded. Mm. Um, well, so there was just so much stuff I just absolutely hated about that. Yeah. About that and, game. and so you can also <laughs> play, like, four-player local co-op, like X-Men Legends. So... I guess what I'm saying is I need to get more controllers so I can play this game with my friends. I thought you were going to say feet. <laughs> play with my feet? Yeah, because then you can play two characters at once. That's terrible. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it's fun. I've only played a little bit of it. I think I feel like I'm at a bit of a loss because narratively I never played one or two uh, so I don't know who any of these people are. Just don't pay attention to the story because it's terrible and predictable. Cool. The cinematics look good, though. Yeah. Those are pretty. Yeah. I uh, I don't think I have started playing any new games. I'm still playing Dragon Age. Mm. But I beat it with the rogue character that I made. And then I decided I didn't really explore the magic stuff very much, the spells. Yeah. Um... So I decided to 
uh, start over again with the mage and do a little bit more like exploration of the mage class and magic abilities and things. I assume since I got pretty good at playing without spellcasting characters the last time that uh, everyone's told me that magic is overpowered, so I'll probably just kind of wreck through the game on the second playthrough using a lot more magic. Mm. <clears throat> now, I, I, don't, I don't know if you ever played the game, like if you used mages or not very much. I used um, I used an attacking mage and a healing mage, but not to great effect. Like, what what was your main character? A rogue. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> the uh, which, in some ways, is kind of almost the best choice. It feels like for a main character, because but maybe that's just partly because I don't. Super love the two rogue characters they give you. Yeah. Um, but also... Well, and the AI always plays rogues dumb. Yeah, but there's also... Also, yeah, because, like, if you're controlling the main character... Assuming, assuming you're playing controlling the main character mostly, like, you can get in position for backstabs and stuff a lot better. And yeah, do things like... What I did was, like, stealth and say, Hey, everybody else in the party... Stay back here while I go explore the entire dungeon and figure out and disarm all the traps and set thousands of new traps and then come back <laughs> yeah. and run through stuff with you. Yeah, no, I totally <laughs> did that and I exploited that as much as I could. Right. Like there were some there's definitely some parts where I like soloed through with just my guy. Like once I got to a point where I could equip some pretty decent armor, mm-hmm. um I there were some spots where, unless there's like, you know, half a dozen guys at once, if it's like two or three, I could take them on my own. And I could just stealth through and kill one guy as soon as I came out of stealth and then just take on the other two by myself. Did you ever game the, like, line of sight spellcasting stuff with that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, cast Blizzard around a corner or something? Yes. Oh, yeah. I would, uh, because it wasn't like line of sight. It was like visibility. So... Mm-hmm. I would leave my mages, like, in one corner of the map and stealth up to, like, groups of enemies, especially if I was in an interior. Like, there's some places where you have to, like, go inside a house or a bar or something. And I would just sneak around as my stealth character, and they would never find me. And then I would, like, be able to get my targeting reticle for my AoE spells and just, like, blast people, like, down the hall. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they would, they would get wise and like, like, try to track down where I was in the house. But usually I was so far away from where they were that they would like, they'd be like, ah, somebody's killing us, and get aggroed, and then like walk far enough, and they'd be like, ah, I don't want to walk anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's too far to walk. I'll just stand in this fire pile of flaming grease. Yeah. But what I was going to say, Grease, absolutely my favorite spell in the game. I don't know if you've used it. Is that the one that makes him break out in the song? No. That would be my favorite spell in the game if it yeah. existed. But no, it's you place a giant like thing of Grease on the ground, and anybody who's in the area of effect immediately will almost certainly fall down on their ass. Uh-huh. Or anybody who walks through it to get to you falls on their ass when they're walking through it. And then they're slow walking on it the rest of the time 
And then you can light that on fire, right? Yes, and then they're walking slowly through this flaming grease, and they're, like, deep-frying in their own juices as they try to get to you. Sounds delicious. Yes. I'm sure it smells wonderful whenever you're playing. If you you were actually there, it would smell great. Yeah, especially whenever you're fighting the giant chicken monsters. (laughs) Mm, Yes, the dragons, basically (laughs) giant chicken monsters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I cast finger licking. <laughs> summon, summon the eleven herbs and spices. <laughs> yes, uh, but I love it because you can cast magic in town or wherever you want. Um, like area of effect damage spells don't do anything to merchants and stuff, but you can grease them up good. <laughs> it was awesome. Like, I was walking around, like, just the start of the game, I was walking around, like, the battlefield right before, you, you know, when you're starting the game out, and going up to, like, the different groups of people training and stuff, and just cast grease, and they'd all fall on their butts. <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk to them then? I, I have been trying. I still have not been able to time it where I can set up, like... To see if I can start a start a start a cutscene with start the grease. a cutscene with them falling on their butts. Yes. Oh god, <clears throat> that's always one of my favorite things in like GTA or something. Is but they've gotten so smart about deleting stuff now that you set up in the world. But like being able to set up obstacles or just dumb things or like throwing grenades or something like in the middle of like when you know there's going to be a scripted cutscene, so you're just like, okay, let me set this dumb thing up so that it'll chain reaction and like. Like, in the middle of this cutscene, it'll, like, start exploding or something. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you see some guy in the background just go flying because he got blown up. <laughs> yeah. <Yes>. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that's what I want to do. I want to get, like, a big... Just set up a big grease pile, and then, like, while I'm having a conversation, someone sees people in the background just... <laughs> as, they're, as they're walking by. Yeah. Yes. I would love it whenever I would set up, like... Uh, I would, like, park, a, like, a row of cars or something in front of some place that I knew... Uh, somebody else was going to have to, like, drive up through. And so I'd start the cutscene, and then you just see in the background, just like, <laughs> just, like, pile up, pile up as this guy's trying to just, like, muscle his way through the scripting to get to where I am. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> right. Or, like, games where you could move objects, you just pile a bunch of boxes in front of the doorway that they're supposed to come through to get you. Yeah, and if it's the first Deus Ex game... Then they just explode through all the boxes. <laughs> all yes. of the boxes and chairs and explosive containers and barrels. Like, everything explodes as they're trying to get to you. Yes. I love doing that kind of stuff. But also, as a game designer, I completely hate that kind of stuff. <laughs> because that's part of my job now is going through like tutorials where we're teaching you and stuff. And it's like... Well, what if somebody is a complete asshole and they do exactly the opposite of what I'm telling them to do at this part and try to get themselves killed or try to do some other crazy damn thing? Yeah. And now I have to, like, put in a bunch of catches to keep that stuff from happening. What you should do is... It, what I want to do as... A, as a, if I am ever in this sort of seat of power is, <laughs> like, let them do that dumb stuff and then just, like... If especially if it's in the tutorial or something, and they and I set up we set up some place and they can somehow manage to like kill themselves in the tutorial, just roll credits. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, that would be so great if I could just do that, just like, uh-huh. you know. That, well, okay, so that's that's fine. You know, some of this, and it, 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 there's a different context for it, too, right? So that stuff might be fine to do in a game where you've, like, paid for it and now you're playing it. Uh-huh. But when you're working in, like, a free-to-play game where this is, like, the first experience kind of thing. <laughs> okay. Like, if you let them get stuck or anything like that, then that's it. They're just, they're done with the game. Yeah. Right? So you have to, you can't just do something snarky or <laughs> or whatever yeah. like that for... for you're for trying to get money from these people. <laughs> yes. It's like... It's, it's, yes, if you've already paid for the game and you're trying to be a douchebag, then okay, fine. We'll just let you fuck it up and yeah. and enjoy the havoc that you've wrought. Yeah. But, yes, it's a little bit different. So, um, I had a news story that I wanted to bring up. Which one? If you can't think of one, I could. Was it there was one the one that I sent you earlier? Oh yeah, that's one. No, what I was going to bring up was Star Wars. Okay, but yeah, no, you can do your thing. Okay, and we'll go back to Star Wars. I hope. Yeah. Okay. Um. The yeah, there was. Uh, it was uh, an interview with Richard Molyneux. Um, Peter Molyneux. Peter Molyneux. Where did they come up with Richard from? I don't know. Maybe you're thinking of Richard Mole. Maybe. That's the guy from Clue, right? The guy Colonel from... Colonel Mustard? I don't know. I'm thinking of Harold Mall. I think I'm thinking of the guy from Night Court. Richard... Richard Mall. Maybe I'm thinking of Martin Mall. There can't be this many people named Mole. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't imagine. Think I, think, I don't think there's a Martin Mole. There's <clears throat> there's the Morocco Mole. Ah, uh, yeah. From, I was thinking of Morocco Mole from Secret <laughs> Squirrel. Okay, so anyway, Morocco Mole had an interview uh-huh. uh, where he was he was very critical of Kickstarter. He was he was talking about uh, because he had a game he put <clears throat> on Kickstarter, right? Yes. Yeah. That got funded. <laughs> yes, I believe so. Yes, but. Uh, he was kind of complaining about Kickstarter and that it was an environment that forced developers to overpromise and underdeliver uh, on the games that they developed. Right, because you get into a situation where you want this game to be, you want to present this game to be all things that people want so that they'll give you money. Right. Uh, but. They also want the game to come out in like a month after they fund it. <laughs> sort of, yeah. Um, but I, uh, I thought it was kind of a joke at first, and but no, it was like an actual article. Just, just given that the person who present who, who presented this complaint is essentially the like poster child for. Overpromising and underdelivering on everything he does, I'm wondering like what exactly his excuse was for the last every other game that he's ever made. <laughs> Please, Peter Molyneux, <laughs> explain the Fable games. <laughs> yeah. So didn't he also do uh, Black and White those games? I maybe I think so. I think it was 
Lionhead? Does he do Lionhead Studios? Is that? I don't remember. I remember Heavy Rain and Fable. Nope. Heavy Rain was David Cage. Oh, dang it. Get them confused. I think it's just because, yeah, I definitely get them confused. Because they're both French. Yes. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. You're right. Yes, that David Cage is also... He doesn't overpromise anything. And I don't think he underdelivers on his... Like, you... Once you played Fahrenheit or... I feel like he overhypes his own shit and... Uh, I don't even know that I would call it a hype, though. He just is so self-involved with the way that he makes things that... Uh, but everything he makes is kind of like just the just kind of the same thing over and over again. And it's always really... Um, it, it's always like, I guess there was an interesting game in there somewhere. Okay, let's just talk about <clears throat> Fahrenheit, just that game. And okay. what was what was the American name for it? For people who don't know what Fahrenheit is, it was uh, the sexier name when they took out the like sex scenes and sold it to the American market. Uh, Remember the name? I yeah, I can't remember it either. I can't remember what the other name is. But it was it was on the, the Xbox. What was it called? Okay. Uh, I'll look it up. <laughs> I'm going to have to do a lot of editing on this section. <laughs> Indigo Prophecy. Yes. Okay. I didn't even get to the page on it, and I'm like, remembered what it was. Okay. So Indigo Prophecy was the sexy American name for Fahrenheit. Yeah, which, because it makes so much more sense. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> because, well, because if they really wanted to Americanize it, they could have called it Celsius, but nobody nobody cares about that. Actually, uh, yeah, and see... No, Fahrenheit's what we use. I know, but that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds exotic, Celsius. What is that? How yeah. do you even measure that? <laughs> right. Fahrenheit, that's what I set my oven to. <laughs> the zero's freezing? That's weird. Yeah. Uh, but just let's just talk about that game. Okay. Where uh, he's trying to talk about how amazing and innovative some of the concepts are. Like, there's no hit point bar in this game. So there's not this, this weird fabricated thing that determines whether when you when you die or not. But... There is this other thing, a sanity meter, that measures how much how how much your your mind can handle with the things that you're seeing, and basically all the sanity meter does is measures the choices that you've made in the game, and if you fail and make the wrong choices too many times, it goes to zero and you die. It's a fucking hit point bar. Stop being such a European douche. <laughs> But this, this was the same game, though, that you, uh, like, I remember you telling me very early on in the game, you found, like, a bottle of pills and was like, take the pills. And then you died because you overdosed on pills. Yes. And then... No, and, it was because I had the wine before I took the pills. Well, did you, you saw the <laughs> winking suggestion face. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, there wasn't a there wasn't a read the label option. There was a take the pill option. Ah, uh, yeah. And so you found the wine first and was like, "Sure, have some wine, pills, 
Have some pills. Yeah, because I was just clicking on everything. It's a game. <laughs> it's an adventure game. Use. Use this. Eat this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> then you found out that it's closer to a uh, Roberta Williams adventure game and less so a LucasArts adventure game. <laughs> yes, everything kills you. <clears throat> right, exactly. Uh, but, but yes, it was just like, just because I have a duck and I put a sign on it that says sanity meter doesn't mean it's not a duck still. It's a fucking duck. But does it also measure your sanity? No. And that nothing, th- like sanity meter had nothing to do with anything in the game. It did not change the outcome whether it was high or low. It meant nothing. Mm. Yeah. Weren't there just a bunch of quick time events too? Like wasn't that most? The game was quick time events. Yeah. It was, it was like point and click adventure where you walk around with bad tank controls uh-huh. And then in, in like a set camera angle kind of environment. Right. And then the other stuff was all quick time adventure. Okay. So it sounds a lot like Heavy Rain. Right. And here's the other but thing. But that didn't have a sanity meter. And I don't think you could... I don't think you could die. I also don't know. No, you could not die in Heavy Rain. There were points in Heavy Rain where I just stopped holding onto the controller to see what would happen and just let all of these stupid events play out to see if I could ever fail, and I couldn't. And that was when I stopped calling that a game. <laughs> I uh, mean, it's still kind of a game. It's more like a movie where you have to hit buttons occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. It's an interactive narrative. Or like, something. basically, you, basically if, I had also... to, if I had to pedal a bicycle to power a television, that's the same. That's a game, too. Right, that's as, that's more of a game because that I can actually fail and stop if I get off the bike. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, that's how I felt about the Walking Dead game, the Telltale one. Like, I maybe you can die. I don't know, but the the gameplay in that was. Uh, like flip a coin, like pick one choice or another, and um, choice A, like uh, maybe that appeases Clementine your walking guilt trip, or choice B, it appeases the whoever is currently in your party, but Clementine gets upset and gives you sad puppy dog face, <laughs> and just says Lee. Like, <clears throat> I don't know if you played that game. No, I haven't played that game. It's real bad. People call it an adventure game. It's not an adventure game. It is a, uh, it's something closer to a choose-your-own-adventure. Like, choose-your-own-adventure movie as opposed to book. Yeah, yeah. But even choose-your-own-adventure books, you can die. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this one, and, and, like, the longer you play this game, like, the more you realize that the, it's, it becomes very apparent that each choice is very just, like, contrived and ham-fisted and means nothing, and that they're going to tell you the story they want to tell, regardless of whatever you choose to do, like, there's this, like, very flimsy illusion of any kind of a control that you have over what's going to happen. I mean, so much so that, like... Like, so so many of the characters mean nothing that you can, uh, you can, like, choosing A or B to, like, save somebody's life or kill somebody, um, it, it only ends up 
meaning that um, at the end of that episode or something, they will either leave or die anyway. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, great. So really the only thing that, like, the A story is the only thing that matters in story story like B through D or whatever for whatever characters I happen to pick up like certainly there are going to be this this like trio this core trio of characters that I move move throughout the story with but then everybody else that is like a side character or somebody I pick up along the way can just come and go as they please I guess that makes it a lot easier to release it in chapters like they did where we always kill these five guys at the end no matter what you did with them so that you're always left with the three that can't ever die. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... Yeah, but it. I I was really irritated by so many people who, like, loved that style of game and thought it was so innovative, and I'm just like, but they're not really doing anything, and it's barely a game. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's... Like, having grown up on adventure games, I'm like, this is not a good adventure game. And I don't think Telltale's ever made a good adventure game. Well, it... So the and the thing is like there are plenty of adventure games where you don't die and like I mean the Monkey oh, yeah, Islands like and all the, that stuff the yeah all the Lucas Arts game you don't die that's that's not but, what makes a good adventure game right but what makes it a game is that it's not, it's not that it's it's that you fail until you succeed is kind of how those games work where it's like until I figure out how to get out of this screen I'm just stuck on the screen yeah like I have to use some kind of cognitive mechanics to get through this situation like i have to solve this puzzle or i have to understand like how this thing works like i have to actually do something that involves either logic or skill to get through a situation and these games are just like click a or b it doesn't really matter like a or b will will resolve to the same conclusion so whatever right but uh, what were we talking about? What did you brought up? Peter Molyneux. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Overpromising on games. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. The the kind of joke of that. But uh, I think I think I think clearly we we got through that quickly enough. What was your thing you were talking about with Star Wars now? Star Wars has a trailer now. Episode seven. Oh yes. Yeah. Well, there's there's about twenty five Star Wars trailers now because as soon as that one came out, there was. Here's the Michael Bay version of the Star Wars trailer. Here's the here's the George Lucas remastered version of the Star Wars trailer. Here's yeah. the Wes Wes Anderson. I almost said Wes Craven. There's probably a Wes Craven version of the of the thing by now too, because there's so many fucking. What if this directory did it? Which uh, whatever. Yeah. So yeah, and I've also seen the here's the J.J. Abrams version of the trailer where they just added a bunch of lens flares to it. <laughs> it's like, it's but it is the J.J. Abrams trailer. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. It's like that. Uh, All right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, <laughs> um, there was a, kind of a story about it before where um, they were only going to do a limited release of the trailer in like certain, certain theaters around the country. And so not everybody would get to see it. And, and then they realized that that... That's a that completely would only... stupid fucking idea. Well, and that would... Well, one, it's like, okay, well, that doesn't really make any sense. It's a commercial. Don't you want everybody to see it? Uh-huh. And two, we have the internet, and if you tell people Star Wars is going to be in this theater, somebody's going to record it and put it on the internet. Right. Exactly. So you might as well just release it to the internet anyway. 
Yeah. And my like my whole response to that is that is dumb, but I also it's because I think trailers are dumb and they're if if it's more effort for me to see a trailer than to click a button on the internet, then I'm not gonna put in the fucking effort for it. <laughs> and screw you. Yeah. I don't care if I have I'm not going to stupid San Antonio to watch a movie that I don't care about just to see your dumb trailer. <laughs> Right. Feed, it, feed it, spoon feed, feed it to me, or fuck you, because I really d- don't give a crap. Yeah, I think it's really funny. Uh, w- like we've become such a culture of people who, uh, at all costs, avoid marketing and like and advertising. Like advertisers try every way to shove products like down our throat. Uh, like online ads are all over the place. There are com- there are trailers for movies in front of trailers for movies on YouTube. And <clears throat> and then but there's this whole mentality for like for trailers for properties that we are actually interested in seeing that uh there there's like there are people who will line up to watch this, what is what is exactly just a commercial like a minute-long commercial for a movie that's coming out in a year. Yeah. But we've, such like, got, we've got such a bizarro society. It's like, no way is somebody going to sit there and watch, you know, a shake weight commercial for an hour, but not an hour, but like a, you know, like three minutes of shake weight. Uh, but, you know, it's if it's three, three minutes of some, uh, you know, like the new Breaking Bad series. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, or, people will like pay. Mu- people would probably pay a dollar for that on iTunes to be able to see it a week before everybody else. Yeah, I know people who have gone to movies that they didn't want to watch to watch a trailer for a movie they did want to watch. Right. So they just paid fifteen dollars or whatever to watch a commercial, which is insane. Yeah. And then people won't even pay a dollar to get some app, iPhone app that does something useful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, no doubt those same people are the, are the people who are like, $5 for four hours of gameplay? Well, why isn't it free? Why didn't they have that on the disc when they shipped the game? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Maybe Forget just... that they spent three months after making the full, like, the, the retail game, making that, and they're only charging $5 for, like, a third of, like, the rest of the game or something, in some right. cases. Maybe we just don't understand nerd culture. <laughs> <laughs> We're not big enough nerds to understand the mind of a nerd. I don't know. I'm a pretty pretty big nerd about a lot of things, but um yeah. I don't I don't know. I'm I'm not I guess I'm not a fanatic. Like I'm not an obsessive about yeah. a lot of things like I, I can there's a bunch of stuff that I'm kind of like I could take it or leave it you know like um but I mean there's still things that you're excited about like no I'm yeah sure, like, get, like the new Twin Peaks story exactly yeah like the <laughs> that the fact that David Lynch followed through on a obscure reference he made in the original Twin Peaks where he says, see you in 25 years, and then, like, it's 25 years later, and he's making a new thing of Twin Peaks. That is a bizarro! <laughs> but it's amazing! And it's like, of course, like, David Lynch is the one who's going to do something like that. 
And so now I like I absolutely have to watch that show <laughs> because the first one, the first show, like back in 90 or whatever, like I've only watched it more recently, but it's like it started off in one direction, finished that season, started the next season, finished the storyline that it had started because CBS made him finish it and then just goes off the reservation and like winds up in Bizarro Town, USA. And it's like, where do you even pick up from there? Like the way that show ends is like, okay, I guess there's like, you could continue this, but it's such a madhouse at this point. Like, I don't know. Maybe he knew that in 25 years, the technology would exist for him to continue making his vision. (laughs) Only in the future. (laughs) Could I continue my work? (laughs) (laughs) Which is basically just remaking the first Twin Peaks, but adding a bunch of those giant weird lizard monsters walking around in the desert in the background. All the, uh, yeah, all the dobacks and turning all of the, uh, all the walkie-talkie, all the, all the guns into walkie-talkies. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then making, making it so that, um, the Ewoks blink. <laughs> no, Ewoks don't have real eyes. They just have glass pieces stapled to their face. <laughs> They're basically just marbles, like half marbles. <laughs> and nobody cared that they didn't blink, like... I don't notice when humans blink unless it's like on if if unless it's like it's a spastic level of winking or something. Yeah, like if somebody's like about to cry or something and they just start like blinking a lot or something. Or they're or, like having a seizure twitch. Yeah, like yes. otherwise I'm not paying attention to every blink that they do. I don't know. George Lucas is insane. <laughs> but yeah, so so but I'm totally watching Twin Peaks. I'm totally watching this new series. Like, I... Yeah. But... Um, but, yeah, no, just because I, I'm not obsessed with something doesn't mean I'm not excited to see something new come out. Uh, yeah. I did expend it, the... I did expend, like, the three calories it took to click the button to watch the Star Wars trailer, finally. So. Yeah. Yeah. I just hope it doesn't suck. <laughs> I will say this, they did a much better job, like, maintaining the aesthetic of the original movies than the prequels did. Definitely, yes. Uh, But it's interesting, like, just how in, you know, you know, 90 seconds of footage that people can go apeshit and, like, froth at the mouth angry about things or froth at the mouth excited about things. Yeah, and it's just, uh, yeah, like, the fan base is on both sides of that fence like there's one side that is like, finally we've got a different director, and so now this movie's going to be like way better than anything that George Lucas did since the original movies. And then there's the other side that is like, you're killing everything, you're killing my family with these movies. Right? Yeah. It's like it's like what lightsaber with like two mini lightsabers? You've destroyed the entire universe. Fuck you. You can go die in a, in a fire now. Yeah. Why don't you put a lightsaber in your mouth and turn it on, like... Yeah, or like, Black Stormtrooper, go to hell, asshole. Right. Even though I still don't think he's an actual Stormtrooper. I I feel like he's just in that disguise, like, pretty much half of all Stormtroopers in every movie has been. Aren't you a little short for a guard? For a Stormtrooper? Mm-hmm. 
There was a, didn't she say guard? No, she said stormtrooper. Oh, well, whatever. Yeah. I watched <clears throat> that actually last Monday. Last, last Monday? Okay. <laughs> well, fair enough. You know better than I at this point. Uh, but, <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, the stormtrooper thing is stupid because it could be any number of things. It could be, yes, it's actually just a guy. Maybe it's Lando's son, and he's, you know, he's hiding, hiding out as a stormtrooper because he heard that's what Luke did. Or it could be that they started could, to hire new guys because they ran out of clones. Yeah, it could be they blew up the clone facilities. Now they don't have the stupid clones of Jango Fett. They all had different voices in the movies, so whatever. They did in the original movies, but in the special editions, they replaced all of the voiceovers with the Australian voiceover. <sighs> Because the special editions are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, yeah. the Yeah, it's like, oh, sure, yeah, why not? You, you definitely know that there are black people in this universe, and that, like, as far as the original movies go, they were all different people. <laughs> so, yeah. sure, they have different people in their army, and one of them's black. That's that's uh that is uh that is not as fantastic an idea as uh controlling things with your mind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you were going to say, but I think that would trump it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm uh, sorry, not 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 with your mind specifically, but by by uh controlling the forces of life around you. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever the force does. It's a <laughs> mystical energy. Yes. Um, man, yeah, so watching the, like, non... Like, I wa- so I've got a copy of Star Wars that is not a special edition, and watching the, uh, like, old episode four, uh, having actually watched some of the uh, prequels more recently, you really... you Like, all of the stuff that doesn't match up from the prequels... It's just thrown in your face. It's just like, wow, man, there's a lot of stuff about the plot line that Lucas established with the prequels that doesn't align with any of the stuff he said in the first movie. Like, just the, the, every, every which way about how the characters interact between Obi-Wan and the droids and stuff, and like, everything they say about... Like, uh, the Clone Wars and how he knew Luke's father and all of that stuff. Like, all of that interaction is just, like... It's like Obi-Wan is a pathological liar or an idiot that can't remember anything. Yeah, and it's like, okay, yeah, so it's been, like, 20, 30 years since the events of whatever it was that led to Luke being on this moisture farm, but... Jeez, man, like, there's a lot of stuff that just doesn't, like, the whole understanding, his perspective of the relationship that they had before things went to crap is completely different than how episode three ends. (laughs) Like, it's just mind-blowing. Like, they need to delete episodes one through three and redo them so that they actually line up with the original (laughs) movies. And I think probably most people would be a lot more satisfied with a director's re-edit of those movies than a director's edit to retcon the first three. Yeah. 
But the, I mean, the thing about the fir- the episodes one through three is you can't save those things in editing. <laughs> I've seen multiple attempts, and it's like, okay, yeah, they're better films, so they're slightly shorter films. But <laughs> the forty three minute no Jar Jar cut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, there is like a ninety minute cut of all three movies strapped together as one movie, and I tried watching that, and I got about like twenty minutes in. And and at some point I realized that I was just watching the prequels again, and I'm like, these are it still sucks. It's still it's just it's still just a crap series of movies. Like this not just because there's less of it doesn't make it any better to sit through. <laughs> to give you an understanding, like in that edit, episode one lasted for ten minutes. Did they just did they just like Show that one guy burning in a fire and then go to the next one? The movie starts. <clears throat> and it has the, the like, um, the, so it's got the scroll text, and then it is, um, ship flies overhead, and then it is cut to Qui-Gon Obi-Wan fight with Darth Maul. Obi-Wan kills Darth Maul, cut to episode two. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so it's like, it's literally just that fight scene. It's like, just just that thing, because that's like the only thing people like out of that movie is that one fight scene. But probably not even all of that fight scene. <laughs> not even all of that fight scene. Like the part where, I've where seen for other... some reason, Darth Maul, the ruthless evil murder face, has the guy dangling from, like, by, by one hand down there, and instead of chopping his hand off and letting him fall to his death, he allows him to leap and fly over him magically... And get his sword and kill him. Yeah. Yeah. And judging by episode three logic, Darth Maul had the higher ground, and him leaping over Darth Maul's head would have allowed him to cut off Obi-Wan's arm and legs and send him into the <laughs> into the lava pit. Well, I would say both arms and legs, because he had two lightsabers. Not at that point. He had cut that in half, I think, at that point. So oh, yeah, okay. he just had the one. <laughs> Right. Yes, it is kind of ridiculous that they used the higher ground explanation at all in a lightsaber fight with force <laughs> users. Like, okay, great. Maybe like in a land battle with another army, that kind of thing makes sense. Where they have like archers and things. Yeah, or like some kind of fortification. Like if you're in uh, some kind of castle, France. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, if you're if you're in that and you have like a fortress on top of a hill or something and you're like, we've got the higher ground. Cool. Yeah. Got it. I don't really get that under I don't really have that sort of same understanding for a lightsaber battle where people have magic powers. I, I don't know. It's kind of the equivalent of like my arm is longer and I'm holding your head while you swing like pointlessly in the air at me trying to punch me while I hold your head back. Yeah. I don't know. It's just, I mean, it's the same battle where those two guys are floating on, like, lava-scooping robot droids, you know? Right. What a dumb movie. I hate that movie. <laughs> also, And also, that was the best one! Yeah, and, and in the middle of that speech, he could have just, like, force-thrown lava at his mouth as he tried to say that stupid line, and then that would have shut him up. <laughs> He could have done a number of things. Shut up! Love it in the eyes! <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm on the dark side. I'm gonna play dirty. He's lava. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
But that didn't happen. <laughs> no. No, it didn't. Yeah. Instead, what we had was he slowly kind of melted on the edge of the lava, and then... Uh, no! Yeah, and then, and then his wife died of being sad. Uh-huh. Queen Amidala. That's another thing, is, like, uh, so Luke uh, is talking to Princess Leia, because they find out they're twins, and he's like, do you remember, do you remember your mother? And she's like, a little bit. Like, I remember she was very beautiful, and it's just like, oh, so she met her, alive, and is talking about her, retelling the story of Mm -hmm. knowing her mom. So she didn't die at birth. So that's, (laughs) hmm. I don't know, maybe in the special edition of that, they cut that scene. Possibly. <laughs> Get the rage shakes. Yeah. Well, whatever. Just hope that this movie, I guess, keeps up the continuity of the ones before it, which I'm more confident that it will. Yeah. I think... <clears throat> Now, the one thing you have to understand, though, is that J.J. Abrams loves time travel. (laughs) Let's change everything because time travel. He's put that in almost everything he's worked on. Okay, so obviously he did it with the Star Trek movie. He did it with Star Trek. He did it with Lost. He did it with Fringe. With Lost? Yes. There was time travel and lost? You didn't make it that far, I suppose. I watched the entire season. How did you watch the entire show and you didn't remember time travel? Where um, fat guy and uh, long hair and Juliet. Why is that the one I remember her name? <laughs> A handful of people get sent back in time to the 70s, to where the Dharma initiatives, like, back there in the 70s. So there's the people who are living in the 70s, and they join the Dharma initiative and start working there. Oh, you're and right. And then there's the people in the future, I mean present, who are like, hey, why do I see Hurley in this picture from the 70s? You're what? right. What? Yes. Okay. Got it. <clears throat> okay, so they do it in Lost. They do it in Fringe. They do it in Star Trek. And they then traveled I, back in time in Fringe, or was it the forward in time? They traveled all over the place in Fringe. <laughs> they make alternate timelines and alternate dimensions and alternate, oh, yes, alternate yes. timelines within like those what, alternate that dimensions. That ends up being like what the last season is about, is all of that crap. Yes. Yeah, gotcha. Uh, that's true. That is definitely true. And I found out recently that J.J. Abrams worked on that show Felicity. Do you remember that show? About the girl who goes to college? Vaguely. I remember the title. Yes. So it's about some girl who goes to college, and she lives out her college years. And the first three seasons are her going through college. And I found out from a friend of mine that season four, a Wiccan sends her back in time. Fantastic. To the first season. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. she relives the first season Having full knowledge of everything from the previous three seasons. So it was basically just this boring, like, show about a girl, like, living in real life, normal real life in college, and then the last season is magic time travel. Right. Wicked magic sends her back in time. 
That's pretty awesome. <laughs> Isn't that not amazing? So, like, everything that I know that J.J. Abrams has worked on has also been time travel. Wait, wait, wait. Super 8. Oh. Right. There's no time travel in that. Aha! All right. So you got one. <laughs> he can do it without time travel. All right. But that one he could not do without lens flares. No. No. But, uh, so, yeah. There is, uh, there is definitely precedent for having time travel. In his movies. So, with any luck... He'll go back and kill Jar Jar in the past? Yeah, so that they, so that it can never happen. And then they'll have to remake those three movies to justify what really happened. Yeah. Okay, that's fine. Yeah. Speaking of crazy time travel, there's also a Terminator trailer that has been released. Oh, yes. Yes. Uh, so it's interesting, too, because... The first thing I heard about it made it sound really, really terrible. But then I saw the trailer and I thought, huh, this seems fine. Because that movie is all about time travel changing things. And so it's totally fine. Yeah. Like, the thing that I guess made it sound really terrible was that that Schwarzenegger robot was going to be a dad. Basically, like, raising a child. (laughs) And I think I had totally misread it because I thought he was going to go back... And raise, like, the young John Connor little asshole as a kid. Right, but that was how... That was Terminator 2. Right. It was... But it was... Well, right, but he was already, like, old enough to be an asshole at that point, so there was no saving him, is what I'm trying to say. But uh, (laughs) you have to get the kids when they're young. Otherwise, they're just assholes, and that's it. But I'm talking... But it was actually... He was Sarah Connor's dad. Yeah. And that seems fine. And they totally address that. They're like... In the trailer, they say, this isn't how things are supposed to happen. And she's like, time travel, bitches. Deal with it. <laughs> and then they move on, and there's explosions, and it's awesome. Yeah. No, they totally... So my, I watched the trailer, and I was like, wow, they really back to the future, too, to this movie series by, like, having a timeline, then having, like, weird alternate timelines, and then, like, going back further in time and, like, biffing the timeline... And, yeah. like, just totally throwing it on this, like, complete curveball other timeline. Where it's like, okay, now she's raised by Terminators. And and they're like, remember that Terminator that they sent back that, that Kyle Reese is supposed to help you with? Yeah, we totally blew that asshole out of the water. <laughs> like, he's dead now. He's totally dead. We got him. Because I already had a Terminator in my pocket. And his Terminator dad. And he helped me out. And we killed him. And so Kyle Reese is just like, what am I even doing here? <laughs> Look, you still gotta get me pregnant, so bring it on. <laughs> that's true that's true yes but so that makes me wonder because they show future john connor and future kyle reese who is like hey i'll sign up to go back in time do you think it's because future john connor told him or do you think future john connor just kind of keeps that under his hat the whole time and kyle reese is like thinks he's volunteering to go back in time and the whole time John Connor's just like, all right, Dad, I'll see you later. And, like, goes back in time. I don't know, but I what I really hope is that the movie after this one, uh, Kyle Reese doesn't survive, but they get a sperm sample from him, put it into a Terminator, and send that back in time to get her pregnant. That's going to be the next movie. You want to see weird old... <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger artificial insemination. 
I just want to see that plot. I don't want to see that happen. Ugh. Yeah, I don't think they could put that into like a PG-13 movie. <laughs> and then he'll be like, come with me if you want to get pregnant. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Of course, I did just have flashbacks to that, like, uh, like live-in servant scandal that he had recently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. That's super disgusting. <laughs> no. Nope. No. <laughs> I'm not going to think about it. Well, on that note. (laughs) It'll be be a CG one anyway. Don't worry about it. No! (laughs) And that's how we end the show. I think so. That's probably a good place to I don't think we can top awful, 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 awful (laughs) mental image of... Old, old, wrinkly Schwarzenegger, robo, chubby. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. (laughs) So, hopefully people aren't eating while they listen to this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, I think that'll... That'll do it. That'll do it. All right. (laughs) Word, word, word.